I won't linger very long because I will introduce our speaker for tonight. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, John Sweeney. Uh, thank you very much. It's a great pleasure to uh, be in Oxford. Um, it's a, a city which reminds me of another city. Uh, it's very similar in terms of intellectual self-aggrandizement. I'm speaking, of course, of Pyongyang. But let's not go there. Um, tonight we're talking about the Church of Scientology. Are there any members of the church uh, here tonight? Are there any members of the church here tonight who are a little bit shy? Are there any members of the Church of Scientology here tonight who are a little bit shy and also invisible? Okay. Um, if you want to know about the Church of Scientology, don't listen to me, don't read my book. If you want to know the truth, the Church will say, people like Tom Cruise, its great apostle, and its other great apostle, John Travolta, they will say, go and discover Scientology for yourself. I don't know whether there's one in Oxford, there's certainly plenty in London, there's a centre on Tottenham Court Road. If you wish to go there and understand, this is the argument for the other side. It starts with um, free video clips... Some people say it's a sinister cult. Now, L. Ron Hubbard, some people you know, say I, that he's a fantasist and a liar. Just, I want to just go back to this. You see, I would, so, just like, I would just like to, and, and I hope somebody is shooting this. Okay, good. Rather, there's actually, there's, to be there's fair, now there's, been, there's uh, now one been camera from the BBC, least, one camera from your... No, you listen to me for a second. People you have no right whatsoever to say what and what isn't a religion. The Constitution of the United States of America guarantees one's right to practice and believe freely in this country. And the definition of religion is very clear, and it's not defined by John Sweeney. And for you to repeatedly refer to my faith in those terms is so derogatory, so offensive, and so bigoted, and the reason you keep repeating it is because you wanted to get a reaction like you're getting right now. Well, buddy, you got it. Right here, right now. I'm angry. Real angry. Very so good. we're done because if you use we're that term done. one more time to we're describe my done. religion, we're not done. I can't be responsible now, for my actions. Now, my friend, so, it is John, your turn to goodbye. listen. To, no, it's your turn to listen to me. I'm a British subject, not an American citizen, and in my country we have a freedom of speech. I have a right to report that. I've got a right to report that, Tommy. I'm not an expert on brainwashing. And when asked in that case why he kept making the accusation, Sweeney's reaction was unexpected, to say the least. And when asked in that case why he kept making the accusation, Sweeney's reaction was unexpected to say the least. Washington is a crime. 
Never follow a Dalek, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, um, the Church of Scientology says it's a force for good, and uh, its uh, great ambassadors will go out, out there and say that actually it really helps you communicate. Ex-members of the church say something entirely different, that actually it's a brainwashing cult, and it's terrifying and dark, and if it, hooks, if it gets its hooks into you or your family, your loved ones, then you are in trouble. So there is a huge divorce between the two. One of the things that frankly irritates me, is that um, on a relatively regular basis, people like Tom Cruise, for example, pop up on the main um, TV chat shows. Things like Graham Norton, I think a a year ago, uh, um, Tom Cruise was on the Graham Norton show, no mention of the word Scientology, no mention of the controversy surrounding the church. He'd been on Jonathan Ross when Jonathan Ross uh, had his momentarily disgrace. Uh, When he came back, there's Tom Cruise. No mention of Scientology or the controversy surrounding the church. Top Gear, what a wonderful driver Mr. Cruise is, this is your car, blah, 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 blah. But there's no mention of Scientology or the controversy surrounding it. So I find this frustrating because it's very, very difficult to write about Scientology or to report it without getting into trouble with, for example, a law firm which is best known as Carter Fuck. Um, (laughs) Now, um, Carter Fuck and other law firms which the Church of Scientology have used, they once um, sent the BBC, and everybody who works for the BBC, or lots of people who work for the BBC, including all the lords and ladies, uh, uh, 700 pages of letters, and we worked it out that that would have cost roughly a million quid. If the Church of Scientology would like to write me a cheque for the million quid, I'll stop now. All right, okay. Um, so I have to go on. And what I want you to do, I want to help you inoculate you from the legal trouble you might get in, because you will be able to say, if you come away from this talk, that you shouted at that bastard Sweeney, and you said, bigot, bigot, bigot. Shout now, pointing at me. Bigot, bigot, bigot. Liar, liar, liar. Can't, I can't hear you. There's absolutely no point in this evening, and there will be some audience participation. Don't be worried. You will get involved. There's no point in this evening unless you turn up for work tomorrow morning horribly hoarse. Bigot, bigot, bigot. Liar, liar, liar. Liar, liar, liar. Psycho, psycho, psycho. Psycho, psycho, psycho. We should explain to the, uh, the staff from the pub that this is a general, normal Scientology meeting. That's a joke. Anyway, so they say uh, that Scientology is good for you and it helps you communicate, it helps you understand um, the world. But there's something strange. If you walk into a church, they'll tell you about baby Jesus. You walk into a mosque, they'll tell you about the prophet Muhammad. If you go into a synagogue, they'll say, marry a nice Jewish girl, don't eat bacon sandwiches, whatever. This thing, you go into the Church of Scientology and they won't tell you about what they secretly believe in. And here's the clue. On your last trip, did you discover what the Earth people eat? They eat a great many of these. They peel them with their metal knives. Boil them for 20 of their minutes. Then they smash them all to bits. They are clearly the most primitive people. For mash, get smash. 
what I love about that is that all the old people, these old farts over here, are all smiling their heads off. That was an advert for something called Cadbury Smash, some of the most awful food ever made by humankind. And basically, anyway, space aliens. What's that got to do with the Church of Scientology? According to ex-members of the Church, Scientologists secretly believe, and it takes them maybe 20, 30 years, and maybe a million dollars, half a million quid, to reach what they call the Wall of Fire, operating Thetan Level 3. When they get to that point, they discover that 75 million years ago, a galactic Satan called Lord Zenu came to Earth with space aliens, and he massacred them with hydrogen bombs inside volcanoes. As I said, that could cost you a million dollars if you're inside the church. My book is selling tonight for a tenner. I'm just telling you, it's a bargain, that's all. I won't do that again. But, so this is a church that doesn't tell you what it secretly believes in. And when you ask senior Scientologists, and I did, I made two documentaries about the church, they're both up on YouTube. Um, the first one called Panorama Scientology and Me, the, uh, 2002, the second one, The Secrets of Scientology. Both of them address the story of Lord Zeno. And I ask a whole bunch of senior Scientologists, and they deny it. And if you ever meet a Scientologist on the street here in Oxford or in London, and you ask them about Zeno, they'll say, I don't know what you're talking about. That's just rubbish. But according to ex-Scientologists, they're lying. Because if they tell you about Zenu, you may die. My problem with that, uh, and I'm obviously a bit rattled and I drink too much and all of that stuff, but I have been going on about Lord Zenu to millions and millions of people through TV and lots of people through uh, skeptics in the pub since 2007. And folks, I am still alive. So there we are. Proof, if proof were needed, it's all bollocks. But there are lovely people and clever people and nice people and good people who used to be ex-Scientologists. One of them is a guy called Bruce Hines who used, was in it for 30 years at least six of those years, he was in a, what he says, admits to being a brainwashed state. He, um, he, he was um, interested in physics, a physics student when he got in at the age of 20. He got out at the age of 50, and now he's working on dark matter research connected with Stanford University. The guy is a very, very clever man, and yet somehow at a moment of emotional vulnerability at the age of 20, he was sucked into this thing. I also feel, and I know this sounds strange, but I also feel that at least some of the stuff on the internet, and the internet is generally a good and wonderful thing, but at least some of it is so horribly hostile to these people, I just feel that people should have some sense of, you know, wait a second, they're still human beings, even though they clearly believe in stuff, which is silly and laughable. And in a sense, there is nothing wrong with believing in a space alien say fighting a space alien Satan who is trying to brainwash Earth. That's okay. Christians believe in their magic baby. I, by the way, if you're interested, have an enormous soft spot for the Church of England. And this got embarrassing. Uh, I was doing a talk like this at the Hay Literary Festival, and there in the audience was, um, not in the audience, in the green room, was Rowan Atkinson. His name isn't Rowan Atkinson. He's the former <laughs> Archbishop of Canterbury. <laughs> well, uh, there we are. There's... <laughs> Um, uh, nobody in Cambridge got that. Um, so, um, so anyway, so there's Rowan Atkinson Williams, whatever his name is. And, uh, and frankly, I'm drunk. By the way, I ought to point out that when I talk about Scientology, I do a lot of this. The re- it's alcohol, and it's clearly bad for you. 
On the other hand, this, ladies and gentlemen, is the greatest anti-brainwashing juice ever invented. <laughs> this is fucking Harry Potter Expelliarmus. I'm in a sinister brainwashing cult. I do this a lot. I drink seven pints, and then I go, oh, I'm fucking off out of this. Anyway, all of that. And as a result, Scientology doesn't like alcohol. And to be honest, they're wrong. That's my view. I'm not paid by the breweries to say that. Anyway, so back to uh, Rowan Atkinson-Williams. Rowan... Rome Williams. So anyway, there he is, the Archbishop of Canterbury in the green room. I've had too much to drink, having done my talk. And I say, you know what, sir, I admire you, because when you left, stop being Archbishop of Canterbury, you apologised for all the mistakes you've made as Archbishop. And I thought that was good. Here am I, a religious leader, apologising for the mistakes I've made. There's a humility about that, which I admired. So, it's a space alien Satan cult. It's a space alien cult. You don't believe me? I've been to somewhere called Tremertina Base in New Mexico. It's on YouTube. It's called the Church of Fear Trailer. And I go there, and basically, if you look at it, on, um, you can look up on uh, Google and Tremertina Base, or, and you can look up a place even on Google Earth called Meza Huafinita, Meza Mountain, Spanish um, second word, Huafinita, H-U-E-R-F-A-N-I-T-A, Huafinita, whatever that is. To the right of that, there's an anonymous unnamed mountain, and there are, um, a, a, there are two straight lines, that's a runway, there's a ziggy-zaggy line, that's a road, and then there are two large interconnected space alien circles over a secret cathedral they've built underground in which they've stored the writings of their founder on discs of gold in an argon-filled room, H-bomb-proofed. You think I'm joking? Look it up. I mean, I've been there. I pressed the button, and I said, hello, I'm John Sweeney. And they went, and and I was um, not welcome. Um, Anyway... Um, let's um, uh, uh, go on a bit. So who founded this thing? I'm looking, for an audience, I'm looking around the audience for a sinister man. Here you are. <laughs> Stand up. Ladies and gentlemen, can you give a hand, please, to Mr. L. Ron Hubbard? <laughs> and uh, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard is now going to speak. I was, in, I was in the Van Allen belt. This is factual. You'd be surprised how warm space is. Just say the last phrase. You'd be surprised how warm space is. Everybody, this is the word of the Church of Scientology. You go. Just up. You'll be surprised how warm space is. You'll be surprised how warm space is. This is the word of the Church of Scientology. Okay, so I'm now looking for a rational skeptic. And this man here, you're a rational skeptic. If you can read that out. This is Russell Miller, who is a man who wrote a critical biography of L. Ron Hubbard. It's all lies. None of that is true. The whole religion is based on the word of a congenital liar and a brilliant confidence trickster. L. Ron Hubbard was a mixture of Adolf Hitler, Charlie Chaplin and Baron Munchausen. In short, he was a con man. Okay, so um, you stand up and point at him screaming and go, you'd be surprised how warm space is. (laughs) You'd be surprised how warm space is. Stand up and say, in short, he was a con man. In short, he was a con man. In short, he was a con man. Charlatan. 
<laughs> okay, well, we haven't got to Tom Cruise yet. So, um, so what this is then is a very strange thing because L. Ron Hubbard was a science fiction writer. He wrote bad science fiction. He wrote stuff like the Smash Aliens for pulp, pump, pulp, pump, pulp, pulp novels. Maybe alcohol is bad for you. Um, he wrote pulp novels, and the story goes that he turned one of his pump, pulp novels about science fiction, he turned it into a religion because it made more money. Now, the church deny all this, and they say, that's not true. So he was a con man. Very good, thank you. Um, so, next clip. I'm looking for a Hollywood star. That one. Okay, stand up. Everybody give a hand for Tom Cruise. <laughs> he looks just like him. Just put a hat on, can you? Uh, okay, read that out. Uh, some people, well, if they don't like Scientology, well then, fuck you. Really, fuck you, period. Okay, say the last thing. Uh, fuck you, period. Everybody, this is the word... Oh, hold on, do it again. Fuck you, period. Fuck you, period. This is the word of the Church of Scientology. Right, okay. Fuck you, period. This is the word of the Church of Scientology. So, so what you've got then is a religion that doesn't tell the truth about itself. Now, until recently, and I need to go into this in the questions and answers session, but until recently there was a complete difference between the American perspective on the Church of Scientology and the British perspective. And that was simple. The Americans say Scientology is a religion in Britain, the charity commissioner, who have the deciding word on charitable status, whether something's a religion or not, say it's not a religion as far as taxable purposes are concerned. It is a business or a non-for-profit organization. It is not a religion. There was a court case um, which uh, two young Scientologists wanted to get married in their chapel. They go to court, and the official registrar in England, uh, well, basically the Supreme Court, said, fine, hunky-dory, off you go. Uh, that's good. And that, that story was covered in December. I've written a letter to Private Eye about it. It's in the, the, the brand new issue, which effectively has come out today. And the interesting point is uh, paragraph 15 of that Supreme Court judgment, which says that the evidence put up by a Scientology minister, Mrs. Laura Wilkes, talking about the church, its beliefs that it was a religion, was unchallenged and therefore, for current purposes, may be taken as being accurate or true. So my point is, why didn't the British government challenge that? Why didn't it do that? And the man responsible, after a lot of bothering, is a guy called Mark Harper, and he's the immigration minister. Now, you may say that you know, he's perfectly right to be worried about all these Romanians and Bulgarians who are flooding into the country, but what about the fucking space aliens? I'm, these are not the views of the BBC. 
Um, anyway, so yes, what are you doing? And at the moment, I've asked the guy on the record, I've asked him four questions. Why have you historically, why have you made this decision? Why did it go unchallenged? Why have you reversed this policy, which the British government has stuck to for years and years and years? For example, Michael Gove, Education Secretary, said in 2006 in the House of Commons that Scientology was an evil cult. Why have you not defended the British line on Scientology? Fourth question, are you a member of the Church of Scientology? Thus far, the Home Office press office, who I don't think has met a BBC reporter like me before, haven't answered my questions. But I will keep on asking that question and all the others because it's a good point. Now, I do feel it's true to say that in Britain we are somehow better protected from something like the Church of Scientology than people are in America. It's strange. In America, America was formed by people who were... Uh, the victims of religious bigotry, they were um, afraid that they couldn't um, pray in the way they wanted to and all of that. And so they hardwired religious freedom into the Constitution of the United States. The problem is that not everything that says it's a religion is a religion. It could be like the Coca-Cola Corporation, a multi-billion dollar corporation, or it could be like the Mafia, or it could be a brainwashing cult, or, as critics say, that's Scientology, all rolled into three, all the same. So, there's a problem, but at the moment, the official line is that Scientology is still not a religion in Britain, because the official registrar is not the true um, um, decision-maker on this issue. It remains a charity commissioner, and the charity, the charity commissioners of England and they haven't changed their minds. So for the moment, Scientology in Britain, in England, is not a religion. I don't know why. Um, well, I think I do know why Britain has historically been better about this than America. And it, the best way I can remember is, uh, of, of explaining this is that in Britain, you're never 50 seconds from somebody taking the piss out of you. <laughs> And, and I, um, and I would, Sarajevo um, in um, July, August 1992, we fly in, I think with Royal Engineers, um, RAF plane, corkscrew dives, we get out. The Serbs are hitting Sarajevo with 3,000 shells a day. And as we run off the plane, they hit the tarmac, the plane scarpers, mortar shells falling down, people screaming. And you, we run um, for our lives into a black cellar. It's pitch black. And then one of the squaddies, Mancunian, Liverpudlian, can't remember which, in total darkness. And all you can hear is these screams and the noise and the shells coming down. He says, I spy with my little eye. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if I was pushed to explain uh, the British moral fuck uh, to... To, to nonsense, then that would... It's not very Dawkins, but that's the best I can get. Anyway, so, um, so what you've got then is a religion with incredibly successful and powerful figureheads. And, um, and they um, have somehow... It's a soft thing, or it's, a, you know, it's soft power. But if you're a fan of Tom Cruise or John Travolta, you look at them and you say, wow, they are incredibly successful. They get to marry all the beautiful women in the world and then all the beautiful women in the world get to divorce them. Um, but, but nevertheless, you know, that's amazing. And that brings us to our next clip. 
This is Travolta. Can't read. This is Glasgow. You, sir. Stand up and down. Lovely. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, another hand for Mr. John Travolta. There's no doubt about it that the people that didn't make it in Hollywood, and I mean survived, if, they had, if they'd had Scientology or Dianetics, they'd have been here today, whether it's Elvis or Marilyn. Did I read it wrong? No, it's just your voice is so posh, it made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> very good. All right, then. Um, let's quickly go around the houses again. Can you say the last bit? Sorry. Can you say the last bit again? If they had had Scientology or Dianetics, they'd have been here today, whether it's Elvis or Marilyn. I knew you had John Travolta's spirit in you. So here's the thing. So I go to Pyongyang, um, North Korea last spring and there's many many weird things about North Korea by the way I'm still being investigated by the BBC Trust we dispute what's been reported in the papers we believe the students all knew who I was and in particular the major complainant we suspect we believe that she knew exactly who I was because she'd been to a talk a few months before given by me she left early and as she left I said to her excuse me are you a member of the Church of Scientology so I don't think that she can say I don't know who that guy was anyway that's neither here nor there what's interesting about North Korea is it's an awful place. It sees with the political religion. It is, critics say, Scientology with nuclear weapons. But there's something bad about it as well. And this is, or extra bad, and this is weird. And I know where I am. This is Skeptics in the Pub. And you may not like this, but I will say it because I believe it to be true. In the 21st century, everybody has a right to believe in anything they believe in, they want to believe in, and I will defend that right. I make a distinction between a religion, which is something which society broadly must respect or has some respect for broadly, and and, and in return gets things back from society, freedom from taxation, respect, um, a lack of, or rather, a wariness about mockery, all of that, and a belief system, which, which I think is anything goes, but at the same time people have a right to believe in whatever they want to believe in. And in North Korea, there are no churches or mosques or synagogues or temples. The only game in town is the Kim dynasty and their own weird religion. And that feels wrong to me. So I, um, I do say that. I do believe that people have a right to believe in whatever they want to believe in, and that includes Scientology. And weird as that is, I will defend the rights of Scientologists to believe in fighting their space alien Satan while at the same time I assert my right to exercise scrutiny and mockery against them, um, if, 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 if I so wish, and other people's rights. So the, two ba- the two rights should be held in balance. You have a right to believe in something, I defend that right, but also other people have a right to look at it, inspect it, scrutinize it, without fear of legal attack or other kind of attack. I'm sure you know um, something of what I'm going on about. So anyway... What you're left with with Scientology is something that's strange, something that's dark. 
And the darkest thing about Scientology is the thing that people know the least about. It's called disconnection. And I want to um, talk about a woman called Betty. And Betty was a, um, the mother of a Scientologist. And what happened was she was a perfectly ordinary person and something awful happened uh, to her family. Um, she had two kids. Um, the husband, they divorced, so he's out of the picture. She's got two kids, son and daughter, and the son dies in an accident unpleasantly, grimly on Friday the 13th, and it rotates around the calendar, and there's always a kind of, kind of like ghastly Hollywood creepiness about Friday the 13th, but that's when her son died. So she had a thing, a perfectly normal, ordinary thing with her daughter, which was every Friday the 13th, she would meet her daughter, and they would have a cuddle and a cry and remember the dead son, the dead brother. This girl has a disastrous relationship. This woman, young woman, has a disastrous relationship, and she, um, uh, uh, she, after the relationship, she enters the Church of Scientology and gets sucked in, and slowly and slowly, she becomes more and more strange, and her mother gets more and more worried about it. And eventually, the daughter disconnects the mother. No contact. No contact whatsoever. No Christmas cards, no contact over Christmas, no Mother's Day cards, no birthday cards, but worst of all, no contact on Friday the 13th, the anniversary of a dead son. And this is what, uh, can you be Betty? You can read it out. There we go. Stand up and face the audience. Um, She had been hypnotized and brainwashed. It's like a staring, a glare, almost icy, fixed, hardly a blink, and the eyes look larger than normal. It's a trance. I want to give her a hug, and I want to love her. I love her anyway, but, and, but love her properly. And I can't because there is a me, there is Samantha, and there is Scientology in the middle. I can't seem to get her back. Her mind has been absolutely taken over, and that is really, really frightening. Thank you very much. Thank you. So... What happens, and the worst thing wasn't me losing it with Scientology for me. The worst thing is that we interviewed Betty, and she was an incredibly strong interview, about three, four hours from London, got the train back to the office. This is after I've lost it. Remember Panorama's long-form documentary, half an hour. It takes us about a month to make. So it's while we're back in London editing it, and we interview this woman, and she tells a story. It's one of the most moving and powerful interviews I ever made. Before we got back to White City, Patrick's phone goes. Patrick is my assistant producer who's found this lady. And um, the lady says, Patrick, the funny thing is my daughter has just come through the door the first time in two years. And the next day she phones again and says, my daughter is going to make friends with me and we're going to make a go of it as a family again. But she says, on condition that you pull the interview with Panorama. And we did, and we've never shown it. But we were followed by private eyes. Now, of course, uh, we were followed in the States. And if you watch the films, you can see where we were followed. But we were also followed in Britain, too. And I believe I'm currently, I know who followed me. Uh, it's a firm of private eyes. But at the moment, I, have to, I haven't quite... Um, built the story to the satisfaction of the British legal system. Um, so um, anyway, but we were followed. And I, this, this thing, this thing frightened me, much more than me losing my temper. Because 
the, their ability, the church's power to stop something like BBC Panorama from or fully reporting what they do, I found dark. And what kind of religion is it, ladies and gentlemen, that says to a grieving mother, your daughter should not talk to you on the anniversary of your son's death? What kind of thing is that? So, next clip, please. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, a hand please for Mr. David Miscavige. Actually, sit down for a second while I explain what's about to happen. So, um, um, in 2007, and you can watch this in Scientology and Me, the Church of Scientology and its agents tracked us um, all the way across continental United States. Now, um, as ever, you, what we've got to realize in telly is that I'm just the pretty face. <laughs> but there are lots and lots and lots of really clever people who are around me who, who tell me what to say, who tell me what to do, who tell me uh, where to go, where to go to the toilets, and when I can go to the toilet, and all that sort of stuff. The only thing they're bad at with me is telling me not to go to the pub because I'll go anyway. But anyway, very, very smart producer called Sarah Mole. And... She can, has the character of... Um, it's a combination of Mother Teresa and Joseph Stalin. Uh, um, but she's from Essex, and she has the voice of a kind of eight-year-old girl. And she talks, she talks like this, all right? Um, and she says, Here, yeah, Sweeney, I know what we'll do with Scientology. By the way, you think this is a caricature? It's word for word how she talks. And, uh, because, and that way, people don't understand how fucking terrifying she is. And she goes, yeah, have you seen Jurassic Park? And I go, yes. And she says, right, you know the tethered goat? (laughs) You're the tethered goat. (laughs) You can bleat, can't you? And I go, (laughs) do it again. Okay, anyway, so that's the thing. What she's worked out is that if you, do, if you investigate Scientology, they will investigate you. They will come for you. They will frighten you. They will try and intimidate you. They will follow you around. And so she said, I would do this. And, every, and we take cameras. We take a little video camera with us at all times, everywhere we go. And that includes the toilet. And believe you me, the Church of Scientology, all three of us went to the toilets, and the Church of Scientology knocked on the door. Tommy Davis knocked on the door. It's true. I'm not making it up. I mean, and he said, what are you doing there? Is this some kind of BBC thing? And I said, yes, actually, it's BBC policy. Um, but um, uh, anyway, so, so she worked out that they would come for us. So every time Tommy Davis hunted us down, Sarah would look away and grin to herself because her trick worked. And then there's this ghastly moment when I lose it. And there's, a, there's an amazing thing. But what we found out later, three years later, was that there was a whole series of BlackBerry messages, 37 pages long, between the leader of the church, this man here, Pope David Miscavige, and his minions, Mike Rinder and Tommy Davis. And these BlackBerry messages in 2010 fell into the wrong hands. Mine. So, they reveal... A very, very strange weirdness 
I'm going to ask, uh, I've lost it now, here we go, um, the Pope, to read out a text message. Very good, sir. Yes, 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 yes. Which we, means? You suck, you suck, you suck, you suck. This is the word of the Church of Scientology. Everybody, do it again. Yes, 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 which means you suck, you suck, you suck. C-I-C-S, which means counter-intentional cocksucker. <laughs> Hold on, don't laugh, don't laugh. It's serious. This is the word of the Church of Scientology. And this, ladies and gentlemen, I think tells you the truth about the Church of Scientology. Y-S-C-O-H-B, which means you suck cock on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> this is the word of the Church of Scientology. Um, Tom Cruise... Uh, fuck you, Tim. Who else? Um, John Travolta. I'll just do a dancing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so um, so this is. I mean, and, and these texts, by the way, uh, they're in my book. Um, but, but, but finally. And isn't this a funny... Uh, by the way, no one would, uh, would publish my book. And then uh, I've got a dog. I was walking my dog in Wimbledon Park, and I met this bloke with a dog. That's not important right now, but it was a dash and uh, My dog's a whippy-poo. That's not important either. But what he said, no, I'll publish uh, your book. And this guy's a complete fucking nutter. But so he did. And he is the publisher of Silver, uh, Silvertail Books, and it sold something like 12,000 copies. And anyway... On New Year's Day 2014, finally, all of these text messages have appeared as uh, incorporated into a deposition into a Texas court. So <laughs> the story is now legally safe. All this stuff about cocksucking, that really is the word of the Church of Scientology. So the question is, how do I lose it? What happens? What happens to me? I know cameras are working. I mean, for God's sake, I've got two sound mics on me, and our team, Sarah's got a camera, and uh, Bill, Northern Irish cameraman, (laughs) straight from covering the IRA, the bombs, okay, you're the guy who can do Scientology. Those two, they're filming me all the time, and Scientology's got three, four, sometimes five cameras of their own. Seven cameras is normal. They scream at us, they come to our hotel at midnight, they follow us around, there's a car chase in the streets of LA. It's fucking bonkers. I can handle it. I used, I mean, for a living, I mean, I was in, you know, well, I've been to Afghanistan, Bosnia, Iraq, North Korea, blah, 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 blah. It's what I do for a job. And and I said to Sarah on the seventh day, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Please, I can't do it. And she said, shut up and get on with your job. And, and so we went to the um, uh, Scientology's Industry of Death Museum, which says and argues the case that psychiatry is Nazi pseudoscience. Now, I have, I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't, uh, I'm not, not going to defend the bad things that psychiatry has done. But this museum tells bad history, and this I do not like, because it kind of tells you the story of heart um, surgery only through the patients who died. There are no successes. And psychiatry and the treatment of mental health is only, is only an honest attempt by good doctors and good nurses and good people to try and do something about something that's very frightening, which is mental illness. 
But this isn't a Nazi, nudos, a, a, a Nazi pseudoscience, which is what people like Tom Cruise and so on and so forth say. And I found all of this really dark and really difficult and hard to understand. And I couldn't... I, I, and I... And I I didn't know my history of psychiatry well enough to say this is all nonsense, what they were um, pushing down my throat. But the one thing I did remember was I met a, um, uh, a guy um, called Sean Lonsdale, who's a critic of Scientology, and I'm a robust um, interviewer, so I, I, I don't miss about. When I interview people, I ask them tough questions from the word go, because you, see, you put people on their metal and it's more sparky and more interesting, and that's what I do. So they were accusing me that, that, that I was being soft with this guy, Sean Lonsdale, and I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. Remember, Tommy's going, brainwashing is a crime. I want you all to repeat that right now and shout, brainwashing is a crime. 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 You are not there for the beginning of the interview. And that lady, ladies and gentlemen, is the first part of the evening. <laughs> By the way, somebody spiked my drink. <laughs> I'm never normally like this. <laughs> Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, John Sweeney!